station in North Georgia. Welcome to the New Bridge broadcast with the services from New Bridge Baptist Church, located on Cleveland Highway, one mile north of the State Patrol Office, near the entrance to Laurel Park. Pastor Milton Harris invites you to join them for their services all week long, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and on Wednesday night. Now let's join the services already in progress from the New Bridge Baptist Church of Gainesville. Stand with us and turn to page 257. Thank you. 
read the first four verses of chapter 2 of the book of Hebrews. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, least at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. Go back up here, verse number 1. He said, let least at any time we should let them slip. That word slip literally means to flow like a river or to drift. It carries the idea of drifting away as a river waters drift away. That's what he's talking about here, drifting. And our thought today is reasons not to drift. Reasons not to drift. Let me start by saying there are many reasons not to drift today. And when we're talking about drifting, we're talking about drifting away from the worship of God. We're talking about drifting away from the Word of God. We're talking about drifting away from the way of God and from the will of God. And so there's many reasons we could talk about drifting this morning, but I want to narrow in on some reasons that the writer of Hebrews gave us here in chapter 2 in these first four verses. Let me right quick just say Hebrews has been considered uh, the fifth gospel because the book of tells us of Genesis, of Genesis, Jesus finished work here on earth and his continuous work now in heaven. Jesus has not gone idle. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, the Scripture tells us. He is our great high priest and he is interceding on our behalf. And the book of Hebrews bears this out and continues. Now, probably written somewhere around A.D. 65 to 70 because it gives the idea that the temple is still intact. We know that the Roman general Titus came in A.D. 70 and destroyed uh, the temple and Jerusalem. So it had to be pre-A.D. 70. Just give you a little bit of background on it. The writer, boy, now there's a controversy. Uh, you got uh, folks who, are, I mean, are dogmatic that Paul wrote it. And then you got folks that are dogmatic that Paul didn't write it. You know what's important? Is a man of God being led by the Holy Spirit of God wrote down the Word of God, and we have it today. Amen? That's what's important. All right. What was the main purpose of writing the book of Hebrews? Well, the writer, as the Lord and the Holy Spirit was leading, was talking to the Hebrews, the Jewish people, 
and of course to us today. But what had happened is that a lot of those Jews that had come to know the Lord, and we go back to the day of Pentecost and 3,000 of them, and then later the scripture says 5,000 are saved. But a lot of them were wanting to drift back into Judaism. And what the writers point out, listen, what you have in the Lord Jesus Christ is far better than what you had in Judaism. Let me say for us today what the writers point out. What we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is far better than religion, is far better than anything that this world has to offer. Where you see Christianity isn't about a religion, praise God, it's about a relationship with a risen, living Savior. I'm going to tell you, religion will send you to hell about as fast as anything. I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I'm glad to have a personal relationship with Him. And I'm glad I can call the Heavenly Father my Father, which art in heaven. Oh, man. It's all about that relationship. Well, we know the main purpose is to let us know and remind us that what we've got in Jesus is far better than anything the world or religion has to offer. Well, the main purpose is the Lord Jesus or the main person is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the main purpose throughout the right. Now, I want to share this with you, and then we're going to get into some reasons not to drift. In the right of Hebrews, there's five exhortations concerning God's word here in Hebrews. First is the drifting from the word, as we read here in Hebrews 2. There's doubting the word, found in Hebrews 3, 7 through 4, 13. Dullness toward the word, Hebrews 5, 11 through Hebrews 6, 20. Despising the word in Hebrews 10, 26 through 39. And then define the word, in other words, get to the point, just refuse to hear. Hebrews 12, 14 through 26. You notice there is a progression or a digression. It begins with the drifting that leads to the doubting, that leads to the dullness, that leads to the despising, then it leads to the defying. Can I say today that I'm afraid we have long passed the first four and we've got faithful now to just define the Word of God. Define God. Well, with that said, let's get into this. What are some reasons the writer here in chapter 2 gave us not to drift? Let me say, first of all, it begins with our great Savior. A good reason for us not to drift is because we have a great Savior. In the book of Hebrews alone, Jesus is superior or greater to the angels in Hebrews 1. I'm going to tell you what, he is far greater, far superior than angels. In chapter 3, Jesus is superior to Moses, the prophet that the Lord chose to help lead the children of Israel out of bondage, the one that he chose to give the law to on Mount Sinai, Jesus is far greater and far superior than Moses. Let me say Jesus uh, is superior or greater than Aaron in Hebrews chapter number 4. You see, Aaron was what 
uh, the man's first high priest. But I'm going to tell you what, Jesus Christ is a high priest out of the order of Melchizedek. And because of that, he is a greater and superior high priest. He's greater than Aaron. Let me say Jesus is a greater, a superior anchor found in Hebrews chapter number 6, verses 19 and 20. I'm going to tell you what, our anchor is what we're putting our trust in. That is where we're standing. That's where we're holding on to. You know, in a ship, you drop the anchor so you won't drift, so you won't go. I'm going to tell you what, so you won't stray away, you won't get lost, you won't do all. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ is a greater and superior anchor than religion, than anything that this world can offer you. I'm going to tell you what, he is a greater anchor today. You may put your anchor in your bank account, but I'm going to tell you what, that can fade away. You may put your anchor in your possessions. You may put your anchor in all these different things. But I'm going to tell you what. Well, I believe I'll preach a little bit. Hey, the Lord Jesus Christ is a greater and more superior anchor. Amen. Let me say, as we already pointed out in Hebrews chapter 7, He is a greater or superior high priest. You know what? The high priest once a year... He had to go in and offer up sacrifices for his own sin. But Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, never had to offer up sacrifice for sin, but he became the sacrifice for sin. I'm going to tell you what, uh, he was our sacrifice. He was our substitute. He paid a debt that we could not pay. I praise God. And uh, Aaron passed away. And his sons to go, then their sons to go, and then their sons. But I'm going to tell you what, Jesus Christ will never pass away. Hey, he's the unchanging, unending high priest. He is a greater and superior high priest. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, he's not one that can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But in all matters, hey, like matters was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Aren't you glad we got someone we can go to? that knows what it's like to walk here in this life, had to live here in this life, and yet live a perfect life, but yet understand where we're coming from. He's a greater superior high priest. Let me move on. Boy, I'm telling you what. Hey, Jesus is a, a superior sacrifice in Hebrews 9 and 10. You know what? They'd bring those animals time and time again, and they'd take and bring them, and they'd lay their hand up on the forehead saying, yeah, I'm the one that deserves to die, but this animal's dying in my place. But it was a continuous thing that had to be done continuous. But praise God how Jesus Christ came and died on the cross once and for all. It doesn't have to be repeated. It doesn't need to be repeated. Uh, One and done. Hallelujah. Amen. So he is a greater and superior sacrifice, isn't he? Well, let me say this. Jesus has provided us a great salvation. He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I want to tell you what, a reason not to drift is because we've got a great Savior who's done so much for us. We ought not to want to drift from Him. Amen? Let me say, secondly, is because uh, not only we've got a great Savior, but how about our great salvation? That word salvation literally means to rescue or to deliver. And I'm going to tell you what, this salvation was great uh, in its plans. In Ephesians 1, 4, he says, According as he has chosen us in him before the 
foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What are you saying? I'm saying before the God ever spoke the world into existence, before one thing was ever created, there was already a plan for our salvation because God already knew what was going to take place. God already knew that we were going to need a Savior. Jesus was already willing to come. There was a plan put in place before the world was ever created. Hey, there was a plan put in place before we were ever created. Thank God it's great. Hey, listen, it was great in its price. For he hath made him, it says 2 Corinthians 5.24, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Revelations 1.5, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I'm going to tell you what, our salvation was not cheap. Amen? It didn't cost us uh, anything, but it sure did cost the Heavenly Father. It sure did cost oh, the, the only begotten Son, didn't it? It came with a high price. Uh, we need to remember that. When Satan comes at us and when the world comes at us, I'm talking about the worldly system, uh, they're trying to get us to drift away from the things of God and the people of God and, and the way of God. We need to remember, hey, our salvation came at a great price. Jesus Christ says it won't be long, and I'm going to tell you what, as I get older, time flies. Has anybody else experienced that? I've, I've told Lee we might not order to take down the tree. Just throw something over it and we'll take it off when, when November comes around. Amen. Because it'll be here before we know it. It, 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 it just it, it flies by. Time gets away from us and, and it just keeps getting, getting faster and faster. But folks, we, we need to remember, oh, and not be carried away. Remember what the price was that our Savior Oh, listen, he came, and, and we're fixing to celebrate Easter. That's where we're headed. It'll be here before we know it, Easter. We'll be celebrating the crucifixion. Praise God, we'll be celebrating the resurrection. We won't be leaving him on the cross, amen, because he did arise that third day. We were over there in 2011, my third trip to the garden tomb over there in Israel. It was empty, wasn't it? Stan and Stephanie was with us in 2011. And as I said, and I'll, I know you hear this all the time, I've had people say, well, how do you know that's the tomb? I said, well, if, it, if it's not, there's another empty tomb over here somewhere. Because he arose. He arose. He arose. But when you go back and you look at the six trials, the three Jewish trials, which were all illegal, the three Roman trials that he endured, uh, the discouraging that he endured, the mocking that he endured, the spitting upon that he endured, the shame that he endured, but yet he did that because he loves us. Oh, that's a reason not to drift, isn't it? i got to move on. Listen, how about this? Folks, our great salvation has been great in its proof. It was conveyed to us by Jesus himself, but it was also conformed to us by the apostles, and by the Heavenly Father. You say, in what ways? 
Well, the scripture talks about in signs and wonders. He did that for the Jews to confirm it. In divers' miracles, he did that for the Gentiles so that they would have the proof. But how about the gift of the Holy Spirit that he's given to the church? Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what. What more proof do we need than to have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us? Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, listen. It's been confirmed to us through his Holy Spirit. It was great in its provision. And that, hey, listen, our trespasses, our sins, past, present, future, hallelujah, hey, can be forgiven, cleansed. And we won't, I'm going to tell you what, when I stand at the judgment seat of Christ, I'm not standing giving an account of my sins because Jesus took care of that. Oh, do I need to confess my sins every day? Hey, I do. I do. I need to confess my sins every day because unconfessed sin uh, there does something about uh, toward my relationship, my fellowship. It hinders that fellowship, that relationship with Him. And I don't want anything to hinder that. Do you? Hey, praise God. It, it, it will hinder. So we do need to confess. And I'm glad 1 John 1, 9 says, We'll confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about, I get excited when I think about it. Not only forgive me, but cleanse me. Hallelujah. Oh, aren't you glad of that? Past, present, future. Amen. Thank God for our trespass. But think about this. Great in, in its provision. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Talking about the holy. And I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That word in Genesis 1-1, God is Elohim. In the Hebrew, it is in the plural form. In the Hebrew, they have the singular, they have the dual, which is two or more, or not two or more, but two. But the plural in the Hebrew is three or more. In the English, one is singular, plural is two or more, but not in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, plural is three or more. Well, Elohim is in the plural. In the beginning, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit created the heaven and the earth. God is a holy trinity. We are a triconomy. We as human beings are made up with a physical body that we can see. We all have a spirit and we have a soul. That spirit is, is what is God conscious. And that part of us there is dead until you and I are born again to you and I get saved. I'm glad back in 1969, amen, uh, there, that God conscience was awoken. It become alive. It was there. It was placed there when I was saved and born again. We have a soul where our mind and our will and our emotions, we got in a little bit of that in, in Sunday school. I'm going to tell you what, our will is the most powerful than our mind and our emotions. Our emotions are affected by our mind and, and our will. But all that is here. Well, what's happened is, hey, my soul and spirit 
is saved. In other words, Paul said, boy, I didn't know he was going in, but let me just preach here for a second. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, for, and in paraphrase, he's talking about the Christian, the child of God, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 2011, as we saw our, our earthly father take his last breath, what left was that soul and spirit. And according to his testimony and his life, and what Paul said there in 2 Corinthians, his soul and spirit went immediately to be in the presence of the Lord. The same way with your loved ones. Same way if, if, if the rapture don't take place, and I go out of here by the grace, yeah, it's going to be. That soul and spirit. Well, this old body's not going. This old body's not going. But you know what? I've got one preserved. Amen. You know what? I'm glad I'm not taking this one in. David, I'm glad. Uh, I'm not taking this old body over. But I've got a new one coming. It's coming. Amen. Praise God. Hey, listen. What great provision has been provided in that our soul, our spirit is born again. And praise God, we're going to have a new body. Glorify unto Christ. Brother Hatcher, aren't you glad you're going to have that new body? Amen. I'll tell you what. We'll be able to see. We'll be able to hear. Amen. Won't have to worry about old arthritis anymore or none of these old things. Praise God. I'm looking forward to the new body, aren't you? What a great provision. Well, I want to tell you what. It was great in its power. But I'm going to close with this right fast. A reason not to drift, the writers pointed out here, is because we've got a great Savior. Second reason is because, we, hey, we've got a great salvation. And that, that's, I'll tell you what. But let me say thirdly, there is a possibility of great suffering if we drift. Look, look with me what he says here. He says, at least at any time we should let them slip. Now he's talking again to the saved. He's talking again to the born again. Don't drift. He said, because... Uh, if the angels, when they spoke steadfastly, and people, even the angels, some angels transgressed. God held them in judgment, didn't he? And old people transgressed. They've been held there in judgment. And they recompense of reward. He says, then how shall we escape? How shall we escape? We cannot escape the chastisement of the Lord if we drift from Him, we can't escape it. Is the Lord being mean when He chastises us for drifting? I want to ask you this. When your child does something, are you correcting them being mean? Lord, I hope not. But I hope you're doing it out of love. Because that's what the Heavenly Father's doing. Never did love or like having to hand down punishment. But at times it was needed. The same way with our Heavenly Father. He doesn't enjoy. He's not some ogre up there just waiting to slap down judgment and chastisement. No. But when he does, he does it out of love. Why? Because he sees you drifting. And he don't want you to drift too far. 
I want you to drift deeper. You should stay close. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know your heart. That's last night I had this scripture and it totally changed my direction. I was in my study. Came out about 1 30 or 2 this morning. You know, it, it's it's hard to explain, but how you go in looking over something and all of a sudden the Lord just changes you and it completely uses the same scripture. It gives you a different direction. I don't know your hearts this morning. It's a new year. Let's not drift. Let's not drift. As an individual, as a family, as a home, as a church. Listen. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville Gainesville.